Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to start off with zodiac signs. Do you believe in zodiac signs have anything to do with any part of your life? Whether that's, you know, the type of career, personality, or whether zodiac signs has anything to do with your intimacy and sex life. I don't know. You know, this is just one of those fun things to engage in. I'm not really sure whether or not zodiac signs have anything to do with anything. But you know what? Let's go ahead and dive into this just for a little bit of fun to see how the different zodiac signs experience intimacy. And then you can go off and, you know, speak, you know, with your partner about, hey, this is your zodiac sign. This is the way it says you prefer it. Right. And maybe that's a way for you to bring up something about, you know, adding something into the bedroom or adding into uh, improvements in your relationship. I don't know. This is a good conversational opener, though. And plus, it's it's a fun game to play. What's your zodiac sign and what does it say about your intimacy? So let's go ahead and start this off with Aries. Aries, the god of war. Oh, wait, <laughs> sorry. We're talking to uh, Zodiacs, not Greek mythology. Oops. Okay. So Aries is an energy that strives for self-discovery and momentary conquest. And you can bet that primal spirits follows them in and out of the bedroom. While many Aries like to front like they are tough, it is extremely important to understand that even they have vulnerabilities. Aries is more likely to push their adversaries to the back of their head and keep it moving without second thought. Ooh. So you like it rough? Is that what it's saying? You like it rough? Woohoo. What seems like an impulsive act or spontaneous fun could be exactly that. But sometimes there's more to it. Aries might be quick to try to bring you into the bedroom. However, they like the chase. So easy, you know, they like to chase so easy come and easy go. Aries experience intimacy through sharing a series of experience. Does that sound like you? If you're an Aries, let me know. Does that sound like you? Okay. What about Taurus? Tor Taurus. Boy, that sounds like a turtle. Are you just slow? I mean, is that it? You're slow in the bedroom? Sensual tourists love to go about life indulging in pleasant and pleasurable experiences. Ooh, I wonder if that means they have high libidos. Okay, now may it be dining in at their favorite restaurant or relaxing at a lavish spa. While Taurus is especially sensitive to their senses, once you appeal to them, you'll learn that Taurus experience intimacy through adventures and shared experiences. Ooh, that sounds fun. Sounds fun. That means you got to work outside of the bedroom bonding a little bit before you get to all the bedroom fun. Okay. Okay. Now, what about Geminis? Geminis! Ooh, that's me. That is me. I'm a Gemini. They experience intimacy through structure. Anyone can have a conversation, which is why Geminis care about the nuance of the communication being shared. 
They want to know they are talking to someone they can depend on and an individual who is capable of providing the know-how to challenge and comfort them. Gemini is an energy that loves to explore and get lost in the world. They find themselves through meeting new people. However, it's important for Geminis to feel safe and secure. Okay, so reading mine, um, bullshit, <laughs> you know? Um, now, when it comes to structure, I guess it depends on the parts of life. Um, I now I create, you know, structures as far as, you know, a schedule for myself, you know, to do lists, things to keep me on track, but that's more or less to try and compensate for having ADD, attention deficit disorder. Cause I am just like all over the place. If I don't have, you know, a list of here's what I need to do and when I need to do it by, I get nothing done, you know? So, but when it comes to intimacy, no, no, no. I pretty much like, you know, drop of the hat. Hey, I'm in the mood. Let's go for it. You know, and then go through and of course, you know, foreplay and some romance, but it's not like I'm going to go off and be like, Oh, yes. Okay. So we're going to start off doing this. Then we're going to move to that. And then we're going to, I mean, there, there really isn't that, you know, point by point outline of how things are going to go. You know, that'd be pointless. You know, what is this, a video game? Okay, so I must get through this obstacle, then go over here and grab this. Then, you know, no, I kind of like free-flowing sex. Now, of course, you know, having kids, you know, we do sometimes, you know, need to have a schedule, you know, schedule sex. Otherwise, you know, (laughs) we can get lost because the kids wear us down and everything. Okay. And we need to be able to plan on how to wear the kids out so that, you know, we're not up until two in the morning just to get it on. Okay. Now, what about cancers? Cancers, intimacy through affirmations. Ooh, they love to hear the words. They love affirmative statements. They love to be praised and acknowledged for their sexuality, their beauty, their, you know, you know, for who they are. You know, they love affirmations. A Leo, intimacy through dreaming. Oh boy, I wonder if that means um, if you're a Leo, you end up having a lot of wet dreams. You know, if you're a guy, are you having wet dreams? If you're a girl, you know, do you go ahead and Wake up in the morning with extremely wet panties because you've been coming all night from your dreams. Is that how we're going to go here? You know, let me know if you're a Leo, do you end up having a lot of sexual dreams? Okay. Uh, let's see here. Virgo intimacy through spontaneity. Okay. So intimacy is just really spontaneous. You know, you're just turned on like a switch. You know, you can go from zero to 100 and a blink of an eye. You know, it's all spontaneous. Boy, you know, that could be really uh, annoying now that I think about it. You could just be walking around, you know, not a care in the world, not feeling, and then all of a sudden in a split second, oh, my God, I'm horny. I need to get laid. (laughs) You know, is that how we're going to go here? That would have to be, whew, if that were actually true, that would be, you know, quite the way to live. You know, just spontaneous horniness. Okay. 
Libra. Intimacy through sensuality. You like the sensual touches. You like, you know, the foreplay. You want, you know, the caressing. Okay, well, you know, I can see how women, you know, would definitely be turned on by that. Yeah, you know. You know, so guys, if you have a Libra, you want to get her turned on, be very sensual in your sexuality. Okay, Scorpio. Intimacy through conversation. Wow, you know what? Come to think of it, by that definition, almost every woman is a Scorpio. Is that is that how this is going here? Every woman is a Scorpio because every woman needs a little bit of conversation. You know, communication is lubrication. You know, I mean, is that what we're going to go here? Basically treat every woman like a Scorpio. You have to go through and have nice conversations. Or is intimacy through conversation just what it means to be human? You know, for women to be women? You know, they want their emotional needs taken care of, and conversation is the way to take care of their emotional needs. Okay. I always hate this one because I can never pronounce it. Sagittarius. Intimacy through sensitivity. Yeah, sorry, I can never get with uh, Sagittarius. I, I, I cannot be a wussified, you know, overly sensitive man. You know, I, I just can't do it. I, I, I can't do that in any way, shape, or form. Right. So what else do we got here? Capricorns. Intimacy through appreciation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That actually makes sense. It's hard to, you know, be intimate and feel intimacy if you don't feel like you're appreciated and cared about by your partner. Okay, you know what? That makes, that makes a lot of sense there. Okay, Aquarius, you know, Aquarius. Okay, intimacy through service. Ooh, la, la. You know, what is, so through service? Really, what does that mean? Uh, let's see here. As a forward thinker of the Zodiac, they spend their time uncovering new perspectives and challenging social norms. Ooh, this seems, this seems like the fun one. Ooh, oh, oh. All right, going to try out a few things here. Uh, they may perceive, they may be perceived as social outcasts by choice, but they actually appreciate communication and collectivism deeply. Aquarius aspires to help their social, uh, you know, help their society reflect on their social norms. They want people to realize that there's more to life than conformity. They, live life outside the lines and draw outside the boxes. There are many causes are cases where Aquarius feel alien to understanding the system and structures they live in. And as a result, they may struggle in silence. They won't ask you for help because they sometimes struggle with the potential of being perceived as incompetent but they deeply appreciate guidance when they receive it. Share intimacy with Aquarius by letting them know you, letting them know you not only support them, but you're willing to go out of your way to help them find the resources they need to thrive. 
You know, I was kind of going, thinking this whole intimacy through service was a little bit different. You know, I was actually thinking about that, you know, for a moment. Service. They find intimacy through servicing their partners. That, you know, that's where I was kind of going with that. But, you know, whatever. Okay. So, Pisces. All right. This is uh, the last one. Intimacy through accommodating. Ooh, accommodating. You gonna accommodate my needs? Woohoo. You know, <laughs> I don't know how that goes, but let's see what it says here about Pisces. Okay. So showing Pisces love is affirming to their belief that people are worth believing in and that their loved ones won't take advantage of them. Pisces won't ever ask you to take them to the moon, but if you invite them, They'll be ready to go via cloud nine. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, that was a little bit of fun, but let me know as we go through and we discuss the zodiac signs, look up what your zodiac sign is and then ask yourself, did any of that meet or fit what you believe of yourself and how you experience intimacy? I don't know. Maybe the zodiac signs are very accurate for most of you. And others, it's complete BS, but it's fun to indulge in. You know, one of the things that people want to go off and try to talk about is aphrodisiacs. You know, aphrodisiacs to help people with low libidos, to raise up that libido in order to, you know, meet the sexual needs of their partner. Ooh, you know, so... Do aphrodisiacs really work? Well, it depends on what you mean by aphrodisiac. If you're going off and talking about natural foods for aphrodisiacs, then I would say eh, probably not really. Probably, you know, not really in the sense that, you know, these aphrodisiacs are really good and, you know, will really help boost the libidos. So some of the aphrodisiacs that you may have heard of are things like oysters and uh, Dominia herbs, and maca root, and ginseng, and chocolate. You know, everyone wants to go off and talk about these as aphrodisiacs. Now, could they be aphrodisiacs? Uh, sure, I guess. But the problem with these so-called aphrodisiacs is you have to consume them in large amounts in order to get any benefit from it. In order to be able to really go off and, you know, have any good, you know, side effects to really boost that libido of yours. So do aphrodisiacs really work? Not so much. I mean, not in the way that most people want to go off and think about it. However, if you get aphrodisiacs in the form of pills and liquids, then sure, because they have them in much more highly concentrations and get them to really react and respond. Plus, you know, it kind of depends on the person. People react differently with different chemistry and, you know, different weight levels and have different sensitivities to everything. And so I do not usually go by, you know, the food uh, as aphrodisiacs. What my wife prefers is that I sneak aphrodisiacs into her food. She thinks it's fun. She thinks it's ex exciting that anytime she drinks something, 
or anytime she goes off and, you know, eats something, you know, if I cook it, that there's the possibility that there's an, you know, an aphrodisiac in there that, that can get her horny. And I'll be honest, there have been times I've played along with that and it's been quite fun. But, you know, just that thought for her that there could be is enough to get her horny. You know, so there have been times when, you know, she's gotten very, very horny and we've had great rock'em sock'em sex. And then she'll ask me, you know, or she'll think that I definitely slipped her an aphrodisiac. You know, that I definitely slipped her, you know, a Spanish fly or some, you know, or took, you know, powder, you know, out of a pill, you know, that's designed to increase her libido and snuck it into her food. And truth is, I didn't, you know, it's just the thought of it that gets her so excited. The thought that there could be now in order to keep that thought alive, that means sometimes I actually do, you know, have to do it. but. The amount of times that I've actually done it versus the amount of times when, you know, just the thought of it and her thinking that I did got her horny. And it's like a one to 12. It's like a one to 12 situation there. Now, of course, there is some fun, you know, in that and some of our role playing, you know, about slipping aphrodisiacs in and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it can be really, really fun, you know, to be completely honest with you. It can be you know, a nice situation in which, you know, it it is a way to, you know, help gain some excitement. And she, and yeah, she kind of needs that because she does have uh, some hormonal imbalance issues that do kind of suppress her libido a bit. But, you know, these fun games help, you know, reinvigorate that libido. So, You know, if you're going to be looking at aphrodisiacs, I would stay away from the foods because chances are the person is not going to consume enough to get any of the benefits. Now, if you're looking to do this, where you give your partner permission to slip in some aphrodisiacs into your food and drink, then I got some suggestions for you. Now, for drinks, it's very easy. You know, just go off and use Spanish fly. Right now, there are different forms of Spanish fly that you can use, and you know, if the person drinks a lot of water, I would go with the colorless, tasteless Spanish fly. You know, uh, like Spanish fly love or Spanish fly pro. You know, you can slip this in, and you can try and you know figure out how much you need to slip in. You know, to based off of you know the size of the glass, how much they consume. And, you know, their body sensitivity to it. All right. So you can go through and judge that, you know, uh, but just know that Spanish fly has a short term, short lived effect. But then again, if you can go off and slip it into uh, an alcoholic drink, right, that is carbonated, you know, for instance, um, Mountain Dew and rum, right? If you can slip it in there or Coke and rum, however you want to do that, by putting it into a more carbonated drink, you know, it really hits them even harder. That Spanish fly and really gets the juices flowing down under, if you know what I mean. But sometimes drinks is not enough. You can't always guarantee someone's going to drink at a specific point in time. So you could 
slip it into their food. Now you could also, you know, slip it in the liquid form into their food, colorless, tasteless. You know, there are some foods, especially foods that have sauces that you can slip it into. Now, remember, this is only if you already have, you know, um, you know, an agreement between the two of you that, you know, the person that is being slipped the aphrodisiac gave you permission saying, Hey, I want you to do this secretly, you know, as a fun game. Don't do it if you don't have their permission or if they haven't given you consent up front. Okay. So if you want to do other aphrodisiacs, you know, because you find this as fun and exciting and as erotic, you know, as we can or as we do, then here's some of the things that you can do. You can make little chocolate treats, right? And then in the frosting, you know, what you mix in the frosting is you can go down to the local, you know, porn store or, you know, get something, you know, off the internet in which you can take the pill apart and it's a nice powder. And then you can mix the powder into the frosting of, let's say, a cupcake, right? I mean, they'll eat the cupcake. And if you make them two cupcakes, if they're going to eat two of them, then you can give them double the dosage. Now, it depends on what you're slipping them. All right, so be careful on that. All right, and usually one dose is more than enough. And, you know, if you don't have kids yet, I mean, this is very fun, you know, because that means as soon as they're done eating, the moment that kicks in, boom, you're going to have sex. Or you can mix it into something else that's chocolatey or something else that is frosting, but maybe you're just doing baked goods, right? Maybe it's not a cupcake. Maybe it's a muffin. Well, you can buy things that will allow you to slip in, you know, little pot packs of, you know, these, you know, aphrodisiac or these horny pills, if you will, you know, that, you know, will be spread throughout, throughout it. And then, you know, they consume it with their muffin or whatever good. I mean, you can find different ways with baked goods to be able to inject you know, these horny pills. And, you know, you can even get grinders, depending on what type of pills that you get, to really grind it up into a fine powder, you know, and bake it into the food, you know, to really get them going. Now, again, you know, as I say this, I want to make sure you understand that when it comes to aphrodisiacs, you need to make sure you have their consent to do so, to surprise them with it at a point in time. Just going off and saying, man, I just want to have sex. Oh, I got this lady friend coming over. Let me bake something for her and slip some stuff into there. No, 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 no. That is not what you do. And plus, you know, I'm pretty sure that in today's day and age that if a woman, you know, randomly gets horny out of the blue, just hanging out with, you know, a guy, you know, a friend or someone that they've never had any intimate urges for before, and all of a sudden they have this uncontrolled rush of sexual energy and desire for sex, they might get suspicious, okay? Just letting you know up front, you're not going to be able to randomly surprise them in 2020 with a sexual stimulant and them going from zero to unbelievably horny without a little suspicion there. That's, you know, and so you'll get in big trouble for that. This is why, you know, you need consent. And you know what? Being married, 
you know, you know, you don't exactly need, you know, a full contract, you know, with date and signatures and notar and having it notarized in order to get consent. I mean, you're married. So consent is just, you know, simple verbal. Hey, you know, what do you think about this? Okay. Well, that's consent. I mean, you're married. You have kids, you know, uh, for some of you. So yes, you know, consent isn't necessarily, you know, as big or needs to be as overt as it is when you're single or when you're dating. All right. So keep that in mind, you know, don't just, you know, do this unethically, but there are different ways in which you can go through and provide them the aphrodisiacs that they desire. And what you'll find out is, you know, after they give consent, yeah, they're going to be suspicious of everything you make, every drink you serve. And with women, you know, sex starts in the mind, right? We know this, sex starts in the mind. So them just thinking about it is an aphrodisiac. You don't even have to slip them anything. All you need to do is have their consent, you know, for you to at one point, maybe you do it once, but then after that is them constantly thinking about it, you know, because sex starts in the brain for women. And as they start thinking about it, thinking about the possibilities, thinking that it could be, you know, that's the aphrodisiac. That's the real aphrodisiac for women is just getting them to think about it, having it on their mind, having them start engaging in the fantasy of sex. That is the true aphrodisiac for women. The pill, the pill might as well, or, you know, the Spanish fly, that all might as well just be sugar water, you know, a placebo, right? The, you know, just getting them thinking about it. I mean, shoot, you could just take sugar water, you know, in a lot of cases, put it in a bottle marked as Spanish fly, put it in their drink, have them drink it. And then they'll be consciously thinking about, am I getting horny? Is it working? Is it, am I getting sexually aroused? And then that will cause the sexual arousedness. Just sugar water, really. <laughs> it's the placebo effect. Have you heard of the placebo effect? It's the idea that you feel because you've been told this particular thing will have this particular effect, that it tricks your mind into believing that it's having the effect that you tell it it's going to have. Right? So, I mean, shoot, you could go off and hand her, you know, you could bake a muffin, but no, sexual stimulants in it whatsoever, tell her you did. And then that could, you know, trigger the aphrodisiac effect. You know, it, it, the placebo effect is very, very real here. But you also got to be very careful what you put in. And l let me explain this. See, I once, you know, before we got married, I had gotten some sexual stimulants, you know, just because I was curious how well they would actually work. And I got, you know, some for me and some for my wife, right? You know, it was Stanima RX, Stanima RX for men, Stanima RX for women, right? And it was really interesting. You know, the guy's pills were blue and the girl's pills were pink. You know, it was very easy. It was even color coded, right? And so, you know, I showed it to her, showed her what it was designed to do. Right. And then I went off and, you know, gave her the dosage. Right. I handed her the dosage. She grabbed a glass of water, 
swallowed it. Oh man, did that stuff work. Oh man, we, we were having sex all day. She had multiple orgasms that day. No matter how much sex we had, she wanted more. And, you know, quite frankly, I was struggling to keep up there, uh, keep up with her after a while, you know, cause, and she was just so wet and just constantly going at it. I mean, she just had, you know, uh, unlimited energy, sexual energy for sex. Right. And so, of course, every time we took, you know, that, you know, from that bottle, it was basically an all day event of having sex. And oh man, at the end of the day, she was happy. She, she was euphoric, you know, having three, four, five, six orgasms at one point in that one single day. You know, I mean, this was some strong stuff. You know, and of course, at the end of the day, it still kind of left her a little bit horny, but with absolutely zero energy left to do anything about it. And, you know, after all those orgasms, you know, she was pretty content, pretty happy. But here's where the cautionary tale comes in. So eventually, I started finding it hard to get a hold of the Stanima RX. You know, they disappeared from the shelf. And I, and I was flabbergasted. I was like, why? Where did it go? What happened to it? I don't understand. You know, this was really great stuff. How could it disappear? This should be the most popular item. Well, it turns out they cheated in, in the pills that they created because what they listed as their ingredients was not actually the true ingredient. That's right. They cheated. They actually were sell, was selling Viagra as a natural supplement, right? They had uh, solidinol, uh in their product, you know, the same active ingredient as Viagra. This is why she, why when she took it, she was horny and she was constantly wanting sex throughout the day. Why it was she was having multiple orgasms every time she took it is because I thought I was giving her an all natural supplement. That's what it said on the bottle. And in reality, I was actually giving her Viagra. Whoopsie. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh boy, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> that was not my intention. So, you know, you, you do got to be careful. You do got to make sure you do uh, the research on the trustworthiness of this particular product. You know, because if they lie about what's in the uh, ingredients, there could be some problems. Now, she didn't suffer any negative health side effects. It didn't, you know, cause any problems there. It's just she was basically getting Viagra. And that really got her going. Oh, man, she loved that. You know, it's at the point where I'm thinking, you know what? Let's try it. We're, you know, both in our 30s. You know? I mean, maybe Viagra, you know, won't have the effect that it did when we were in our early 20s. I mean, when I'm talking about, you know, this product actually having Viagra in it, you know, and giving it to her, it was while we were still dating. You know, she was, oh, uh, 21 at the time, you know, and I was 23. You know, at the time, 
you know, when we took this, right? Now, Viagra's effect on people in their early 20s, oh, man. You know, if you can get a hold of it in your early 20s, go for it. You know, she, she, she uh, still remembers she, you know, her thoughts when, you know, uh, my uncle actually gave me Viagra. He just, you know, decided to give me something out of his Viagra prescription, a hundred milligram pill, and just said, use it wisely, have fun. So here it was, you know, at 23, you know, I, I took a hundred milligram dose of Viagra and my, and my wife, who was, you know, just my girlfriend at the time, looked at it and, you know, said you had porno dick. You know, it was rock hard, kind of veiny. You know, it looked like a porn star. And that alone got her very excited back then because she was just kind of curious, you know, about that. And, you know, and then her, of course, you know, having taken, you know, well, that Stanima RX, which was actually Viagra. So we were both on Viagra and that's kind of, you know, a large part of where we were able to go all day long. As well as the fact that Stenema RX was Viagra too. You know, I just didn't know it. It just was a smaller dose of Viagra. You know, I, you know, I, I would say, you know, the dosage was maybe about 25 milligrams. And so, you know, if that's what 25 milligrams did to her, you know, all day, you know, I'd wonder what a uh, hundred milligrams would do to her. Would she be able to handle that? You know, uh, would she just be having an orgasm like every five minutes? Woo. Could you imagine that? You know, ladies having sex all day and having an orgasm twice an hour, you know, having roughly, I don't know, given uh, the waking parts of the day. Could you imagine going through a day, you know, and having oh, 10, 12 orgasms at least? Could you imagine that? And big ones each time. Big, massive orgasms 12 times in a day. Woo. I, I, I could only imagine how happy you would be after that. But yeah, you know, if you want to do aphrodisiacs in food, though, you know, you can use a series of grinders and liquid aphrodisiacs that are specifically formulated to s- stimulate the person sexually. Bake it into the food, mix it in with the drinks. Just make sure you have their permission. If you try to go the all-natural food route of oysters and macaroot, they're never going to be able to consume enough to get the effects that you want. So when it comes towards it, you know, aphrodisiacs, do they work? Yes. But you got to make sure it's in a high enough potency that you'll consume enough for it to work. Right. And usually that means, you know, some sort of pill or liquid. You know, aphrodisiac foods, generally you're not going to be able to consume enough to get the effects you desire. Now, I know I've talked about this before. Right. And well, pretty much I talk about uh, everything before, but I always tend to add on to it and add more. Because there's just a lot of things, because let's face it, our sex lives are deficient. You know, they're not up to par with where we want them to be. And part of the reason is 
we're busy. You know, life gets in the way. In addition to the stress, hormonal imbalances, you know, lack of sleep, and all the other issues that go on, we are very busy people. We have managed, because of technology very much increasing uh, efficiency or our ability to work, we have found ways that instead of technology freeing us or giving us more time to enjoy life, it has just increased how much work that we do. And that we just keep filling in all of our available time and space with more stuff to do. I mean, it, it is one of those things everyone keeps talking about. They wish they had more time to exercise. They wish they had more time to just spend with their family. And then when they get that extra time, what do they do? Oh, I, I, I can't be unproductive. I, I can't stand not doing something that makes me money. I need to do this, that, and you know, a bazillion other things. And technology has just really gotten in the way and made us, you know, work more, more, more. It used to be, you know, it, it used to be that you got up, you went to work, right? You put in your eight hours, maybe you worked some overtime, but once you got off of work, that was it. There was no more work. You know, now you got home and maybe, you know, you did some things like laundry. You know, but for the most part, when you got home, that was your time. You could spend that time relaxing, exercising, doing things together as a family. But now what happens when you get home, you get messages, you know, from your boss saying, Hey, I need you to do this. You know, you get issued, you know, a work phone, a, you know, a computer from work so that you can work from home after hours. So you get home and. You know, you just basically the commute from the office to your home is just a small break. And then you get home, you fire everything up, you start working on reports, on spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, you uh, continue encoding that new software, whatever it is that you do, right? You just keep it up. You know, you, you just find more work to do. Or, you know, for some of us, it's we engage in the side hustle. You know, we're going off and you know, we're trying to start a business online, whether that be podcasting like this, whether it be a website, you know, a blog, whether that be, you know, whatever it is, you know, fixing stuff up, retail arbitrage, you know, creating a, a service-based business, you know, coaching business, whatever it is, you're constantly filling up that time. And so you're busy. And because of that, you know, you're kind of sacrificing your sex life. Now, some of you can keep going off and justifying that. You can go off and say, yeah, but I need to be able to take care of my family, which is a noble goal. But are you really taking care of your family or are you just coming up with ways to ignore them? You know, people always say, yes, when, I, when I'm able to quit the nine to five and on my own boss, yes, I'll have plenty of free time only to find out that working for yourself, the financial anxiety you know, causes you to work even more, you know? So how do we compensate for that? You know, how do we go off and, you know, get our life a little bit back on balance? Well, if you're not able to cut down on the work that you do and how busy that you are, then you need to make your sexual time with your spouse much more efficient, right? How to be able to engage and get the sexual satisfaction that you need. 
And so there are things that you can do. And foreplay is one of those things that is needed in order to really heighten and achieve full sexual arousal. So how do you engage in foreplay if you're a busy person? Well, there are some tips here uh, that you can go through. The first tip, don't be afraid to use sex toys. Yes, use vibrators, use, you know, whatever toy that you have that helps, you know, increase sensitivity and gets you that sexual stimulation that you need almost from the very beginning, right? From the get-go, you know, go ahead and get that, you know, sex toy in there because, you know, especially for women, women taking so long to reach full peak sexual arousal in order to have an orgasm, you know, it can take a very long time. But by introducing sex toys, you can, you know, decrease that time. I mean, a woman who may take, you know, on average 12 minutes to reach orgasm with their husband can reach that same orgasm in about two to three minutes with a vibrator, right? So by introducing that sex toy, you can cut down on how long you need to engage in foreplay and how long sex is so that you can get the sexual satisfaction that you need in whatever little time that you have, right? Now, another thing that you need to take a look at here, you know, as far as foreplay is engage in sensation play. This is where you try to engage in all five senses. Maybe, you know, for sight, you do a blindfold, you know, you can do clone and perfume and stuff like that, you know, for, you know, uh, smell. But then, you know, light touching and some caressing, you know, heighten her body sensation. You know, maybe you have, you know, um, you know, one of those, uh, devices. I don't know what it's called. I have one, you know, where on one end, it's a little bit of a spanker. And then on the other hand, it has feathers. And so you can use the feathers and stuff to engage in sensation play to really kind of go through and heighten the sensitivity of the skin and, you know, feathers going across, you know, the top of the clit, you know, can engage in trying to make that more sensitive. So it fills up more, it builds up a anticipation of when you're finally going to touch it. And so, you know, it helps stimulate full sexual arousal, you know? Okay. Then you can also add in BDSM and kink you know, into your foreplay. If you're busy, you know, just go ahead, you know, um, after you get undressed, maybe one of you tie the other person down, right? You go through, tie each other down, maybe handcuff each other. Maybe you go through and, you know, you play out a scenario where you just, you know, the guy goes through and bends you over, pulls your pants down and starts getting you from behind with your pants around your ankles and your shirt still on, you know, Maybe some of that rough, you know, play can do the uh, trick for you, you know, being fully dominated or, you know, whatever. I mean, just going through and adding in, you know, some restraints, a little bit of a blindfold and, you know, having nothing to do except for just sit there and accept what's happening can help raise up the sensation, anticipation levels. You know, especially if you're blindfolded and you don't know what's coming next, you know, your imagination starts taking play as to what's the next move, what, you know, based off of what you know, and that anticipation builds up to more and more arousal. 
oral sex, oral sex is probably the number one way to engage in foreplay. I know my wife loves it. You know, she oftentimes after just about a minute or two, she has to back me off before I trigger her orgasm, you know, from oral. And then switching from that to full penetration, it, you know, doesn't take all, you know, very long as can, you know, comparative relative to how long it would take her without oral in order to achieve, you know, uh, orgasm. And I have noticed just from, you know, mental notes that when I go through and, you know, do oral on her first, her orgasms are always much bigger than they are when there is no foreplay. Why? Because it's getting her that much more aroused. It's getting her that much more, you know, ooh, you know, the explosion. You know, it's that much more buildup, much more sensation feeling. You know, especially since, you know, I have my tongue going across her clit, my one hand, you know, uh, caressing the nipples on her breast and another hand, you know, tickling her G-spot. You know, that goes through and really builds up. And when I do that, she has much bigger, much more massive orgasms, much quicker than if we do not engage in any type of foreplay whatsoever. Now, so if you're a busy person and you're the type of person that no matter what, you know, whenever you get any type of free time whatsoever, that you need to fill it up with something in order to feel productive, like you're accomplishing something, then you need to start taking a look at how you can achieve the same satisfying sex in less time. And this is, you know, a way to, you know, talk about, you know, foreplay because foreplay is great and how to do it. If you don't have a whole lot of time, you know, let's say, you know, on average, you know, of course I know by statistics, this isn't average, but you know, if I was to go by personal experience here, if on average, you know, sex could last about an hour. And yet you don't have that full hour. You know, the kids didn't go to bed on time. You're up late and you got to get up early. You don't really want to spend uh, an hour, you know, because you're going to wake up tired, groggy and paying for it the next day. You know, but if you can cut that hour down to about 15 minutes by engaging in some quick foreplay, well, you just saved yourself 45 minutes where you can get you know, that sleep that you need in order to be productive the next day. You know, it's very, it's very discouraging to have sex. If you know that the next day you're going to pay for it, you're going to be tired, groggy, you know, and because of that, you're going to be a little moody, you know, because you're just, you know, very tired. And so it makes it so that sex is actually discouraging. But if you can go through and go, okay, 10, 15 minutes, if I do this, you know, that's great. I can get the satisfaction I need. I can be happy tomorrow and I can get a full night's sleep. Right. So, yeah, I mean, try this out, you know, and especially if you're the type of person, you know, you're the type of woman that, you know, has problems being able to achieve orgasm, you know, engage in this. Try foreplay with a vibrator. Try engaging in more of the BDSM being tied down and blindfolded. You know, try these things, you know, that are designed to increase your sensitivity 
and sensations throughout your body? Try it and then see if you're able to achieve the orgasm faster. Okay, so that's it uh, for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, leave me a rating and a review so other people will be able to find this and know that it's right for them. Share this around social media as well. Let other people discover this podcast. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.